Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the DealQuest podcast. Let's get started. Hey, DealQuest listeners, Corey Kupfer here for another solo cast. Um, and I, you know, it's interesting. Uh, last week's episode, which you, if you haven't listened to it yet, you should definitely go check it out. I had my good friend Scott Walton on. Uh, and Scott talked a lot about relationships and how he really, uh, all of the deals he's done, the, the, the um, wealth management practices that he's acquired, were really built on, and even his succession plan were built on with people that he built relationships with. And Scott is such a relationship person. And it just made me start thinking as, as we come into the solo cast, which by the way is episode 150. Um, 150, that's that's a nice uh, milestone here. And a lot of it is that I have a lot of people I have good relationships uh, on, and I build relationships with the guests that I don't know. Um, but the reason I wanted to... Um, pick up on that theme is just something popped into my mind after Scott's episode. Uh, and it was this, the word relate, R-E-L-A-T-E, and sort of an acronym came up. And I was thinking about the fact that we talk often, uh, and I ask my guests on the podcast, you know, sometimes about the mindset of a deal maker, right? What makes somebody different? What makes somebody, you know, there are plenty of entrepreneurs out there who, um, you know, at least call themselves entrepreneurs and maybe they, they are true entrepreneurs, and, but they don't do deals, right? And a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs that I know do do deals now. They also, you know, have organic growth and build sales and marketing and get more customers and clients that way. Um, but, you know, I'd be, there are very few companies that have, um, that I'm aware of that haven't done some sort of deal to help themselves scale. And um, in the entrepreneurial world, especially, uh, you know, one of the things we talk about is is uh, what has some people do it and, and what has some people not? What have some people, you know, be deal makers? And there's a lot of ways we describe it, but this little acronym popped into my head. So I want to share it with you this week on this uh, on this solo cast number 150. I guess that means we are six episodes away from three years of every week uh, doing this podcast. Um, and um, and, I, and I also want to say, if you guys haven't seen this on the post that I'm uh, Really appreciate all your support. We uh, uh, listening notes, uh, listen notes, just uh, uh, rated us or has us rated not, not just uh, in the top two percent of podcasts out of two point seven over two point seven million podcasts globally. We're in the top two percent, and uh, you know we really appreciate your support on that. So thanks for that relationship. So what is the acronym for relate relating to deal makers? Well, the first one, the R, is relationship, right? Um, there are so many, you know, the best deals often come, I mean, listen, you can find deals that are on the market, right? You know, you can go to investment bankers, you can go to business brokers, uh, you can go to, you know, and, and um, to various of these listing services. 
Um, there are a number of ways to get to deals, but some of the best deals, whether it's business partnerships, whether it's acquisitions, whether it's joint ventures or strategic alliances, occur out of relationships that were built over time. Certainly, it's th- that, that's often the case uh, for business partnerships, or you know, even if they were not originally a, a pre-existing relationship, the relationship portion of it is crucial for its success. Right, because as we talked about, so many business deals are not, oh, you know, that the other party disappears. There's an ongoing relationship, right? Uh, there's a strategic alliance that's ongoing. There's a joint venture that's ongoing. There's a licensing deal that where you have a license or a licensee, it's ongoing, right? People are affiliated in various ways. Um, there's an acquisition, but the 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 um, the seller is going to continue to work there, or some of the team is. So, people who do deals well are normally good relationship people, uh, at, at least that makes a big difference in, in helping to um, find deals because, you know, you get them from relationships, not only the people you're going to do deals with, but if they know, love and respect you, then they're going to show you, you know, present you with opportunities if they know you're out there looking for various types of deals, but also it's going to make your deals more successful. So that's the R. The E is entrepreneur. And listen, not every entrepreneur does deals. But most true entrepreneurs, like I said, do deals. And when I say true entrepreneur, I don't want to say that in any kind of judgmental way. But there is a difference, and various people have talked about this, between people who are self-employed and people who are entrepreneurs, right? There are many folks who leave and, and um, you know, working for somebody else, and they become self-employed. And they basically you know, have bought themselves their own job, and they provide whatever service that, that they do. And maybe they stay solo, or they have a small you know, uh, staff. But it's basically relying upon them and and their services, and and it's effectively a job. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? In fact, it's a great thing. They get to be their own boss, and they may be very, very happy. I have no judgment. I'm not one of these people, and I've talked about this in the past, that says, oh, you know, like as a judgment about somebody, or it's only a lifestyle business or things like that. Because if you're happy, then that's wonderful. But when I look at that compared to somebody who is an entrepreneur, usually an entrepreneur is looking for new opportunities. They're looking to grow. They're looking to scale. I want to be careful because I often talk about the fact that there is this pressure to scale in the entrepreneurial world, and it's not always the best decision for everybody. So I'm not talking about this fast growth scaling and having to raise capital and all that kind of stuff. But you know, there is a growth mentality. There is a innovation mentality, a creativity mentality. You know, you want to improve the business, uh, and when you look at folks who are like that they're more likely to do deals because they're going to look at all the possibilities of the way, ways that they can grow this business. They, they are less influenced. Um, uh, you know, the best way is they, they're, they're, they're willing to take more risks. Right. Um, and obviously there are some risks involved in deals. There's some learning curves involved in deals uh, and um, folks who are, you know, let's say, I mean, there's plenty of people who are lawyers, right? Like I am who have solo practitioner, you know, practices and, you know, they build their time and that's how they make their money and they make a very decent living. Some of them, some of them don't. But the point is that they don't have to do deals. They don't have to grow. They don't have the mentality, you know, or they computer programmers and they go fix people's computers. Like there's a million examples of these. But anybody who has that more entrepreneurial mindset is trying to build a business that is not dependent upon them. In fact, you know, and they can work on the business, not in the business. They can run without them eventually or over time. Um, there's a much higher possibility uh, or likelihood um, not 100%, but there's a much higher likelihood that they've part of the way they've grown is through some sort of deal um, because that's just the mentality, right? They're looking for different opportunities. 
And, you know, growing organically is only one way. All right, so that's the E. The L in relate is for leverage. And what do I mean by leverage? Well, that can be viewed a few different ways. But deal makers understand that there's ways that they can leverage different assets, capital, relationships, their team, their expertise in a way that can accelerate their growth, make them more money, help them achieve their other objectives. And that also means sometimes that they're willing to leverage their business in terms of putting themselves on the line, putting their own capital on the line, maybe taking on debt, right, or equity financing um, and creating the pressures that come with that. Um, But they understand that if they do deals, that they can leverage growth, they can leverage opportunity, they can leverage, you know, I've talked very often about how many times people are just banging their heads against the wall on how to get more sales or get into a particular industry or market or geography. And I often ask them, well, have you figured out who already has access to that industry, market, geography, company, and approach them to do some sort of deal? And the answer is often no. Well, that's a way to leverage somebody else's access, somebody else's distribution network, somebody else's sales network, somebody else's relationships. Um, So the fact that somebody else has the trust and respect of a particular client base in a particular geography or a particular industry, that you can leverage that by doing a deal with them, right? You can leverage capital to do a deal. You can leverage the expertise of your people um, to do a deal. But they're willing, there's a mentality of willing to take on some leverage. And that doesn't necessarily mean monetary debt, although it could. Uh, but it means, you know, to use the assets they have to leverage a, a result. And usually there is an increased risk involved in that, right? That you're putting something on the table, something at stake, but they're willing to do that. So that's the L, leverage. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to coreykupfer.com slash assessment. That's coreykupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. The A in relate is for aware. Um, and the way I relate to that in the mindset of a deal maker is a deal maker is always looking out for opportunities, right? They're aware, they're observant, they're listening, they're watching, they're looking at industry trends, they're looking at what their competitors are doing, they're looking at internally for the, the key talent, they're, they're, they're looking for relationships, they're aware of what's going on, and they are they keep their ears and their eyes open and put themselves out there in a way that opportunities show up for them. You know, did you, you ever see you know, some folks out there, you say, wow, how do they always end up finding these great opportunities? Well, it starts with awareness, right? It starts with shifting that mindset to say, hey, you know, maybe instead of being so focused on the day-to-day operations of my business, right, or, you know, just only getting sales, um, I need to expand my awareness. I could need to look and see if there's other opportunities. I could, I need to listen more. I need to see what other people are doing who are successfully growing. And when you do that, the odds of, of doing a deal, the, the, that mentality shift really increases the chances that you're going to come on an opportunity uh, of, to do some sort of deal, some sort of, you know, um, you know whether it's, uh, I mean, you name it, right, across the board, strategic alliance, joint ventures, you know, affiliate programs, anything. Okay, so what is now we're up to the T, all right? 
R-E-L-A-T. You know, the T, I put thick skin. By the way, I didn't think a lot about these. I just, these sort of came to me. Um, and I think they're all true. I'm sure there's a lot of other, um, besides the ones that fit into this acronym, uh, characteristics of a deal maker. But I think, the, you know, um, these are the ones that came to me to talk about. And when I say thick skinned, I don't want to, I don't mean like a tough guy, a tough gal, right? I mean that there's a lot of, and this is true on the entrepreneurial journey generally, right? There's a lot of ups and downs, there's, you know, things that don't work in the deal space. Um, there's a lot of time that you can spend in looking at potential deals and not finding the right one. And, you know, in in going through due diligence processes and finding out, well, it looked like a good deal, but it's not a good deal. Even in doing a deal and having it not work out. Now, obviously, hopefully if you do it right, and, you know, something we help clients a lot with to try to minimize the risk of it not working out. But you know what? If you do a number of deals, you're probably gonna, I don't know, a real deal maker hasn't done deals or hasn't had, you know, one or two or three, uh, you know, out of their 10 or 20 or 30, whatever it is, you know, that, that, that maybe hasn't worked out, you know, that, that hasn't worked out well. So when I say thick skinned, it's, it's really, you know, in my authentic negotiating book, I talk about my fundamental framework, clarity, detachment, and equilibrium. And the best nego- negotiators are the middle one is detached, meaning that they don't get, you know, um, they're not attached to the outcome, right? They, 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 they take the next steps and um, they are not uh, attached either way. This is somewhat similar, right? When you thick skinned, um, you understand this is part of the process. You don't get emotionally thrown off. You don't get upset. You don't get defeated. You don't get um, frustrated or, or let me be real, we're human. Maybe you do, but you get over it pretty quickly. And, you know, you look for the next opportunity and you don't let it get you down. Um, now, you know, this is a quality that I think any great entrepreneur has in various ways, right? Salespeople um, who do organic growth, who get more sales are, you know, the great sales people are thick skinned, right? You know, this one didn't work out. Okay, next, right? And they don't let, you know, they don't wallow in, 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 in every no that they get. Um, but, you know, it's true for a deal maker as well. Um, and because, uh, you know, to do to find great deals, it takes time, it takes commitment, it takes energy. Um, there are pitfalls. Um, so, you know, you can't let it get you down. You got to be pretty thick skinned about it. And those folks that are stay in the game and get deals done. Finally, the E is actually, um, the third of my pillars in the, um, in the authentic negotiating book as well, uh, CDE, the E stands for equilibrium. Um, and, um, so just, just, um, many of you have heard me talk about that framework the clarity, detachment, and equilibrium. But here, and in that context, in the negotiating context, it means when you're sitting in the negotiating room, you don't get thrown off. You maintain your equilibrium. You stay centered, right? You don't get um, triggered by what people say. Well, you know, it's the same thing in the deal world, right? Not only in the negotiation of the deal, but like I said, even in that journey of finding the right deal of maybe having trouble finding a deal, of having deals not worked out, um, you don't let it affect your state. And this is the other piece of it, because this is, you know, that can be seen as the same thing I said for thick skin. But what it also is, is during the process of going through the deal, um, you maintain that equilibrium. You don't get into a place of scarcity. You don't get into a place of artificially trying to push a deal too quickly where it'll adversely affect it. You don't get blocked by your own limiting beliefs or fears that will come up that actually would have you maybe artificially slow down a deal or not be responsive and not have the momentum of a deal that's necessary to get the deal done going, right? You do that internal body work that I often talk about uh, as a deal maker to maintain that state that where you are able to see clearly, where you're able to make rational decisions, 
where you are able to get connected to what your objectives are and where, you know, you're not going to get thrown off and make a decision either uh, uh, emotionally or, you know, because you just lost the clarity and, you know, something uh, gets in the way and then you either lose the deal or do a bad deal or, you know, try to force it or not. So relationship, being a true entrepreneur, leverage, awareness, being thick skinned, maintaining that equilibrium. These are some of the characteristics that I see in deal makers. Um, and, and listen, uh, you know, obviously there's other skills involved, negotiation skills, you know, ability to analyze deals, vet deals, ability to build a team and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying this is exclusive, like I said, but, uh, but I think this is more, a lot of them relate to the mentality, you know, of a deal maker, right? There's skills, there's resources, but then there's also, as I often talk about, mentality, mindset shift work that needs to be done. Um, especially for those of us who are entrepreneurs and executives, um, because listen, our own stuff, you know, can get in the way. So, you know, hopefully this acronym will be helpful, relate, relationship, entrepreneur, leverage, aware, thick skinned and equilibrium. Um, and you know, if you're somebody who hasn't done deals or hasn't done as many deals as, as you like, you know, maybe just think about, right, which of these areas might you be, might be holding you back, might you be, you know, weaker in, Right. You know, is it that you're not keeping your awareness up? You're not constantly looking for opportunities, right? You get two in the weeds, you get two in your business. Maybe that's the area you have to work on. You know, maybe you are um, not as great at building, you know, building relationships with people. And that's something you should spend more time focusing on, right? And listen, that might, the relationship you build today might be the deal you do five years from now. It's not like, you know, I mean, that's what relationship building is, right? It's not going to automatically cause it, but over time, these relationships will provide deal opportunities, no question. So, you know, sort of use this as a way to take stock on where you're at. Uh, if you want to sort of improve and work on that internal mindset shift that will help you be a better deal maker, be able to look out for more deals, close more deals successfully, have them be integrated and all that kind of good stuff we've talked about in other episodes. Definitely go back again and look, listen to Scott Walton's episode. Uh, he talks a lot about relationships um, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, so great at that. Um, and um, I am um, looking forward to um, uh, sharing with you the upcoming episodes. We, we booked some really amazing guests. Uh, in fact, I recorded uh, today, so meaning that it's going to be airing in, <laughs> not today, uh, but I think it'll be, uh, probably be the one after this one, EA Sulkovitz, uh, who is, uh, talks about giving, right? Coming and not just giving first, but giving um, and, uh, and the relationship of giving to deals. Which is uh, which is another great uh, great topic uh, and, and philosophy I believe in. So um, appreciate you again. 150 episodes in, top two percent podcast. Uh, super appreciate all your support. Uh, hope this relate acronym is valuable to you. And uh, I will see you uh, next week with a guest interview. Uh, and then you know, in in uh, three more episodes, we do every fourth episode as a solo guest generally. So I'll be back with another solo guest then. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, 
Go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.